Alexa, play Bad Day by Daniel Powder. Dude, Billy, don't play Bad Day. Play Bad Year. Um, I have a bad case of the blues today. Sounds very unfortunate. This is bad. All right, everyone. Welcome back <laughs> to the Sons of Saturday. We got Pat. I'm in New Jersey. I am back. It was beautiful this weekend up here. We got Billy Ray in Atlanta with the squirrels. And we got Gracie. Dude, dude, dude. I'm already having a bad day. You got to do that. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, we've made a lot of squirrel references these last couple episodes. Billy found a, a dead squirrel in his in his bedroom. Dude, they know. They know. They don't they know. know. There's an episode. That episode was January. There's a lot of. I've uh, moved since then. For any of you new, uh, you new folks, but yeah, yeah. don't rent from wherever he was at. Um, Thirty-two hundred Lennox. Grayson <laughs> is at or in Los Angeles on the West Coast. We are here to break down this abhorrent mystery. Just a, a complete disaster, head scratcher, whatever you want to call it. We're gonna we're gonna try to try to bring some light to the conversation. We're gonna try to have some fun, and uh, as always, uh, we're gonna you know review the game, talk about like a where do we go from here at the end. And we also have some letters from the lunch pail uh, that we uh, we got from you guys. So thank you for that. But first, we got to kick things off with a hokey haiku. Submitted by the Hokie Bird fan page. Hokie Haikus are brought to you by our premium sponsor, our friends at the Main Street Pharmacy. Dr. Jeremy Counts will have all of the Kleenexes you need after your Saturday Hokie woes. He's got, uh, <laughs> they do delivery. They got everything over there. He will greet you with a smile underneath his mask because you can see it in his eyes dr jeremy counts and the main street pharmacy one of the best pharmacies in all of virginia and definitely number one in the swva region go check them out um they treat you like a neighbor not a number main street pharmacy in blacksburg virginia hokey haiku the field goal is blocked it's returned for a touchdown Nope. Foo called timeout. Ugh. There were a lot of good haikus out there. We saw probably five or six haikus. This one kind of just, it was just like the stamp. It kind of hit the nail on the head. We're sad right now. We're sad. We, we got to talk about it. You know, come to Jesus here. Uh, but thank you, Hokey Bird fan page. It was kind of, it was kind of a funny haiku. If we're, if we're being real, we like that it's, one. It's pretty funny. It's pretty humorous. Yeah. So as we do, uh, we'll do a little bit of where <laughs> did we, we watch, do. what did we consume. Billy Ray, kick us off, my friend. Yeah. Um, I woke up uh, in the morning, obviously. Went for a run in the morning, had a super productive morning, cleaned the house, started some laundry, folded some clothes. Uh, I kind of figured, you know, we had Charlotte last weekend. I was in, I was at a wedding the weekend before that. I was in Blacksburg a week before that. I'm like, look, I need to just, I need to chill. I need, I need to, I need to sit on my couch I need to speak to speak to Jesus and just watch football and drink a lot of water. So I sat on the couch and I watched it right at my house by myself. And I made myself a really good uh, chicken sandwich and I suffered in misery. Um, you know, that was, uh, that was my day. So I watched it from home. WFH watch from home. WFH watch from home. I, uh, I watched, 
You know, first off, everybody on the TL I see complaining about, oh, 12 p.m. kickoff. I have to get up at 9 a.m. every time those are a thing on the West Coast. Sons of Breakfast at O'Brien's had a delicious omelet that, you know, left a bad taste in my mouth after the loss <laughs> yesterday. Uh, was Many, many Bud Lights were deleted uh, as, as a result of yesterday's <laughs> game. Uh, shout out to the West Coast sons and daughters who show out week in and week out. And guess what? 9 a.m. kickoff again next week. Can't wait to do it again. Pat, where'd you watch? Yeah, I, I actually I didn't watch. Um, so I was on the what? golf course. I was on the golf course. This was a big day, you know. Uh, what was it? November 7th, 2020. Uh, a lot of people remember this day as uh, hearing about President-elect Biden uh, get the nomination. A lot of people remember this day as the day Virginia Tech lost to Liberty. I'm actually going to remember November 7th, 2020 is the day that I shot an 87. Oh had a great goodness. day on the course. I'm hey, glad you know somebody what? had a good day. Good for you, man. That's great. Um, so yeah, I got to, I got to catch the, the game game. Like, you know, I got to actually watch the game afterwards. We actually caught the fourth quarter, but um, got to run it back. I had a lot of positives yesterday. Actually, I had two positives yesterday. That's it. One, played great on the course. 87 is my career best, but it's not about me. It's about Virginia Tech. And that's why I want to give a huge shout out to John Laser and Mike Burnup. We listened to the, the first three quarters from the cart, and it is so much better than streaming the ACC network and listening <laughs> to their absolutely brutal. So bad, man. They suck, dude. Like, <laughs> I, I, like, yeah. I, I don't know if these guys are like from like the high school sports desk. Like you know, they are. Yes. Murphy's journalism class. Yes. Uh, you know, yes. From high school. It is absolutely embarrassing. The types of uh, production teams that they roll out for these ACC network week in and week out. Chris Cotter a few years ago had the gel in the hair rocking the, you know, uh, California super surfer dude look, um, you know, doing like high school commitments. And now he's doing play by play for football. Look, I'm sure Chris Cotter is a nice guy. You know, Chris Cotter basically looks like um, who's the old Tennessee coach, but he looked, it was a Butch Jones. He looks like Butch Jones's cousin or his like twin brother or something. I, I, I'm over I, ACC network. I mean, at this rate, we'll be on ACC network at noon every week. But um, regardless, the ACC network is just bad. Yeah. Herzlick's mohawk, bro. What are you doing? I do like Herzlick. Shout out I to Herzlick. Like Herzlick and I, I like Herzlick. I, I like Herzlick. Herzlick. I, the mohawk, though, dude. Like Herzlick on. is grit. Nah, that's not, grit. Herzlick is not, grit. You're not 22 anymore. So absolutely brutal. You know, these guys are essentially like, you know, I mean, we, we blocked the kick and these guys are like, hmm, ah, it looks like it was blocked. Hmm. <laughs> looks like they might take it back for a touchdown. That's exciting. Meanwhile, then you turn on the Notre Dame-Clemson game and you get this unbelievable broadcast done by NBC and Tariko and Tony Dungy, and it, it just makes me feel empty. I'm surprised you're high on Dungy and Tariko, but, I mean, the production really? value is good. They're okay. They're all right. I love, I love Tariko. Tariko Tariko's fake, to... Tariko's fake like, like yell, anything for the touchdown for Notre Dame! Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. Dude, if you are a hooky fan... Uh, well, I guess, Bill, you wouldn't know this, but from the early 2000s, Eddie Royal's going to go against Georgia <laughs> Tech. Uh, 
So good. That's that's my Mike Tirico uh, impersonation. Not very good. But shout out, shout out to the Notre Dame Suns real quick. Big game last night for those boys. <laughs> At least somebody had a nice Saturday. <laughs> that's yeah, right. I'm, sitting there, I'm sitting, sitting there with my brother. We're watching the end of the Liberty game, and you know that happens. And then I watched the entire Notre Dame game with him and his team. You know, beats the number one team in the country. It was the most. How fun was that? Polar, polar opposite, uh, brotherly fan experience day in the history of forever. So that being said, there are some, <laughs> we, we got to talk about this football. We're, we're going to talk about the football game and then we're going to talk about, you know, zoomed out, zoom out on the program, zoom out on the year and just kind of like lay down expectations versus reality. But we got to talk about the game. And that means we got to talk about things that we actually did like, and we're going to talk about things that we did not like. So, Billy, speaking of which, speaking of which, hold on. I just want to make a quick statement. Um, absolutely, like everyone's ripping. I love, I love my man, Kate's. Kate's does a great job. Kate's puts out three cheers and three cheers each week. Everybody's coming to Kate's. No, there's nothing positive to take from this game. Look, man, that's the name of the article. It's three cheers and three jeers. And to come up, my man, Kate's. I love Kate's. Puts out the videos. He's got the article out for you. If you don't like it. Don't read it, but well, here's you the gotta thing, take. Bill. They didn't read it. They saw the headline and just assumed, "Oh, there's positives." You guys are trying to spin it. It's like, no, it's just the name of the there's article. There's no spins. format. There's gonna there's be no we're gonna talk about three positives. We're gonna talk about three negatives, and that's just how it is. And guys, just a lot of emotional people on the internet last night, myself included. Mm-hmm. But Bill, uh, kick it off with what did we like, and uh, who who is that sponsored by? This is sponsored by the Hub in Blacksburg. The Hub in Blacksburg is absolutely phenomenal. Um, absolutely beautiful place to live. Again, we talk about the hot tubs. We talk about the uh, the study lounge. We talk about the workout room. Um, honestly, let's talk about the community. Just head on over to their Instagram, making a difference in the community. Multiple ph- philanthropic um, things that they've got going on to make a difference in the community. So that was absolutely fantastic. Um but yeah, I'm, I'll lead off with the offense here. Um, look, I've said this before. The offense did their job. You want to get upset with a couple of third down calls. That's fine. We went for 418 yards, scored 35 points without our two best players on offense as James Mitchell and Khalil Herbert. Um, what else did I like to see? Other wide receivers stepping up and other players in skill positions stepping up. Caleb Smith had several big plays, an unbelievable catch at the goal. I, I, I cannot believe that he caught that football um, uh, at the goal line to tie the football game. So Caleb Smith played absolutely fantastic. Uh, love to see Fairs. Fairs had a nice first down, a little toe tap on the sideline. Good to see him getting involved. And then uh, Nick Gallo, uh, Eric Gallo's younger brother. We were all... Fired up in the uh, in the ball down more than the field down more group chat. Uh, so f- fired up for Nick and Eric and the whole Gallo family. Um, and then one other thing that you know we'll talk about our defense just not having the ability to do this. Our offense, like when it's when it's like you need to score time, our offense finds a way to score. Um, end of the game, got to tie the got to tie the football game. Six plays, seventy five yards, forty five seconds. It was so frustrating. It's like, man, you know. I wish we did that more, you know, just 45 seconds dinking and dunking it down the field. Trey Turner made some big plays, but, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you score 35 points, 418 yards, missing two of your best players. I think the offense showed up yesterday. Um, that's my opinion. 
Yeah. Going off that, um, we saw the same thing against Wake Forest at the end of the first half. We we ran the two-minute offense extremely well until we got picked off in the red zone. Um, but I will say, Bill, I mean – I guess we got, I guess we got points before half against Liberty, but we didn't, you know, we didn't come away with the touchdown. You know, we can get into the whole officiating and how the Shamari Connor uh, scoop and score should have, you know, counted there. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with you from hooker, his standpoint, he's, he's been doing the job. He has literally had a great game. Every single game he has showed up this year, aside from the wake forest game that his stat line from yesterday, 20 of 27, 217 yards, three touchdowns, and then the hooker on the ground, 20 rushes, 156 yards as your quarterback, and another touchdown on the ground. Grayson, what did you see from Hendon? I mean, he's he guys, this is his team. It has been for quite some time. He continues to be a leader. You even see it in the postgame presser. I mean, obviously, he's he's upset with with the result as every other Hokie fan and faithful are. Uh, and another thing that I, I really liked that I saw yesterday is he's learning to throw the ball away and he's not eating sacks. So as we step into the Miami game, step, yep, step into the Pittsburgh game and Clemson and UVA, that's going to be important. So i uh, love to see that out of him, boss. Yeah, I completely agree. Hendon, Hendon continues just to – get better every game. Um, again, I've said it before the season. I thought Hendon and still believe Hendon is one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC. Um, so those are some, those are some positives from offense. A little bit of a long list there for, for a loss. I can tell you what list is not going to be very long are the positives that we saw from the defense. But uh, Pat, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you kick that off. Let's just tip our caps right now um, to number 38, Six six two thirty five from Blithwood, South Carolina, junior college transfer Amari Barno. I mean, this guy has come on. He came into the program and didn't see any of him last year, and then this year everyone's like, "Hey, you know, I think Amari Barno is getting slept on. Is he going to be a linebacker? Is he going to be a defensive end? How are we going to incorporate him into this new defensive scheme?" He had an absolute day yesterday. Eight tackles, seven solo, one sack, one forced fumble, uh, two pass deflections. One of them uh, was very clutch in the end of the game. Yep. Um, I mean, strip sack. He had a strip sack yesterday that was recovered by Liberty. Right. Um, Just all over the field. And really one of the the lone bright spots in the defense. Um, And then also in the defensive line, you got to give hats off to Jalen Griffin for recovering two fumbles. Um, just Mr. Johnny on the spot. Um, outside of that, it, it, uh, <laughs> it's a little tough to, uh, to really nominate some guys for having a great game, but, uh, Bill, what did you think? Yeah. I mean, I'll give shout outs to Shamari Connor, uh, leading the ta- team in tackles again with 10. Um, Shamari Connor has been the mainstay in that defensive secondary. Um, and again, like I said this last week, I, I like, where is our team without Amari Barno? Like, I mean, the defense already has significant, serious struggles. Um, I I don't know where this unit is without Amari Barno's impact. Um, and, you know, another year under his belt and an offseason of, of getting better and, and, and learning the scheme, learning how to play in Coach Hamilton's defense and, and getting in the weight room too, filling out that frame, 
you know, I think Amari Barna will be playing football for, uh, for quite some time. So really fired up about his development and his, uh, and his output thus far. Rook Ashby, I think had a, a very good game until he, he got a little dinged up there, uh, in the second half, uh, was, was in the holes, you know, making tackles. He was wrapping up another guy that I have been impressed by this season. And I think all things considered for the most part, played a good football game yesterday was Dorian strong. Uh, he was wrapping up I mean, he, he got beat a couple of times, but wherever he was, he was making tackles. And I can't say that for everyone else on the defense <laughs> yesterday. So I'm still convinced that one of these days you, you could see Dorian strong break out like a Caleb Farley. Uh, I think he's going to be a star. Yeah. Um, so moving right along here, this line will definitely be, this will definitely be a little bit longer, uh, but we're going to get into the, uh, the, what, did we dislike section of the podcast for yesterday's game? And we'll, uh, we'll start off with the offense. Uh, again, I can preface this by saying, you know, we're going to look for things that we didn't like personally. I feel like if we score 35 points and have over 400 yards, the offense has essentially done its job. Um, I believe we turned the ball over no times on offense. We fumbled it once on special teams. Uh, I could be wrong. Somebody correct me if I am, but uh, Grayson, That's why don't you kick us off? Day. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's tricky. I think the offense looked a little bit lost yesterday, obviously without Khalil Herbert and James Mitchell, and it goes to show how important they are in this offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're playmakers. They, they, they score a lot. So it's kind of like a three-headed monster. You got Hooker, you got Herbert, and then you got Mitchell. And we were playing without two out of those three. So that was a killer. Uh, something that kind of bothered me is that we, we have other weapons that we, we – didn't really utilize as much guys like Trey Turner, even in the jet sweep, he's so dangerous. Nick Gallo had a touchdown, but I feel like, you know, a little dump pass to him could be very, very effective in James Mitchell's absence, the slant routes, uh, even Tavion Robinson, you know, he's proved many times this season that he can catch the deep ball. Uh, and then, you know, people always talk about how dangerous Raheem Blackshear is in open space and how good he is catching the ball down the field. And I don't think we saw that a lot yesterday, which kind of leaves me scratching my head. Seems that the coaches don't really trust uh, Hooker to throw deep as much. I, I really wish they would let him air it out more because he's proved that he can. Bill, I know prior to pressing record, you and I uh, kind of got into this a little bit. I think, you know, at least yesterday, we were a one-trick pony with Hooker. And and I'm worried, and you can comment on this, if we keep running like that, man, if, if we keep running him like that, he's going to get hurt sooner or later. So I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little nervous there. And then the last thing I'll say is that QB draw on third and six, ah, I didn't love that. I feel like we have too many playmakers, even without Herbert and Mitchell, to make that kind of call. Like, like, do y'all agree, Bill? Those playmakers weren't in the game. We didn't have Herbert. We didn't have Mitchell. And look, like, here's, here's my gripe, right? With a lot of the gripes that we have on offense are like, yeah, we have a lot of weapons. Yeah. We have a lot of, you know, everybody's not going to get the ball as much as you want to see them get the ball. And I'm not just speaking to you, Grace. I'm speaking to everybody. Like a lot of people are like, I would like to see Raheem Black should get the ball more. I would like to see Trey Turner get the ball more. I would like to see James Mitchell get more involved. Look, we have a top 20 offense in America. All right. Like we have a top 20 offense in America, regardless of how you, how people feel about our third down play calling or how we feel about our situational play calling um, or people trying to, you know, uh, 
dive into, you know, some of the different things that we do. Fact of the matter is, again, we have a top 20 offense. Um, Hendon Hooker, I see no reason to not run the ball with him. If you don't have Khalil Herbert, who's getting the majority of the carries, and Hendon Hooker is averaging 6.5 yards a carry, there is no reason not to let him carry the football. Hendon Hooker is not a small kid. He's not Kyler Murray back there. He's a tough cookie, and he and he can handle it. Um, so you know, I, I just that's that's definitely been a frustration point for me. Now, now, if I had to give you something that I dislike about the offense from yesterday, it's the same problem that I've kind of been voicing this entire year: is that we continuously are putting ourselves in a position where we don't have a lot of options. We are in third and long, third and six plus more than we are in any other third downs. Like when you see third and two and third and three, it's like surprising. You're like, Oh wow. Like we can, we can run a couple different, we have a couple different options here. We can, we can really, you know, open up the playbook. Um, but yesterday we had 10 third downs and six of them came from six plus. Um, I know we had one at like 14 or 16. We had a couple at eight. Uh, you know, it's just not sustainable to continuously put your offense in a, in a third and, and long third and medium situation. Um, and that's kind of been the problem, but again, zooming out over 400 yards of offense, the offense was moving the football, uh, scored 35 points. Um, so, you know, my, my qualms weren't necessarily all on the offense, Pat, do you have any, anything you want to add to that from the offensive standpoint? Yeah. Just to, to go off the third down thing, um, four of 10 on third downs, which is, you know, below what we're, what we want. But um, one of the reasons that our offense could not flourish as well as we would like to is because we got absolutely destroyed in time of possession. Are you guys ready for this? Liberty 37 minutes and 27 seconds. We had the ball for 22 minutes and 33 seconds yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And still, and still managed to, you know, to put up 35 points and 418 yards. But I mean, that's absolutely brutal. That that tells you the story right now. And I know this is not, this is, you, you can't gripe the offense for not being on the field. <laughs> really, that's, that's yeah. more so the defense, but the offense can't do much when they are not on the field mm-hmm. and they're not dictating mm-hmm. the game. And Liberty had the lead for the majority of the game as well. Um, the so- offense did, a, the, the offense, I think, given the situations that they were in, um, did a pretty decent job yesterday. Uh, and again, wasn't on the field very long. They're going to, I anticipated us losing the time of possession battle when I knew Herbert was out, but, but the, the, you can't lose it by, by that margin. By that margin. It, it's, it's, it's impossible. Especially oh when one of the, when one of the turnovers are on the five yard line, it's not like they had another five minute drive. They scored in the next play in a piss poor defensive effort, Uh guy wide open on the sideline. But you know, without further ado, let's just let's just go ahead and talk about the defense. Um, Pat, talk to us about the defense. Yeah, um, so you know, kind of same old song and dance as far as matching up against a mobile quarterback. And Malik Willis was fantastic. I mean, he's the best player is, on the field yesterday. It wasn't even close. Yeah, best player on the field, probably. Bill was saying earlier, probably the best player we'll we'll play against this year. Um, yeah, I mean he's best boy. He's the best. He's the best. I think. I think. I think outside of North Carolina, he's the best player that we've played this year yet. And I, I'm. I, I mean that seriously. I, I don't know of another player we have played this year that is as talented as that as that young man is. So I, I definitely want to give him his props. Right. Yeah. Like Malik is up there with Jazz Newsom. He's up there with Sam Howell. He's up there with uh, Malik Cunningham, Trevor Lawrence. We'll see in a few weeks. 
Jared King, who we'll see next. God week. help us. I mean, <laughs> this, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, no, but uh, God yeah. help us. Um, containing a mobile quarterback. We had a brutal day of just keeping contained and taking the right angles, just missing assignments, and, you know, again, tackling. Um, I know early in the game, uh, Shamari and Devin Taylor were missing a few angles here and there. Um, I feel like we we had so many opportunities to wrap up Malik in the backfield, and he would just, you know, kind of squeeze through and find his lanes. Dorian Strong, I know Gray said he had a good day as far as tackling perspective. I do think he was picked on uh, for the majority of the day in the early uh, stages trying to guard Yarbrough, who had a good day. Um, but then, you know, defense, what did you not like? Colin Prevent on on fourth down. Yeah, that, that's also a, uh, a huge, a, a, you know, a, a micro – can I, can I weigh in on that for a second? About that, but, um, what, can you know, I weigh what, in on that for a second? Go ahead. On the, the prevent. So, you know, so I first want to say that it, I first want to say that it's, it's completely unacceptable. Um, and, you know, even bigger than that, there's no reason we should be in a position like that at the end of a football game against Liberty. Um but, you know, from listening to the press conferences post game and and rewatching the tape a little bit, it was kind of a perfect storm, right? You block the field goal, supposedly, take it all the way back. You got a million guys in the field. You got coaches on the field. You're celebrating, winning, whatever. Find out the timeout's taken. Play clock starts. You got 40 seconds to get everybody back on the field. Liberty's bringing their offense out. Hugh Freeze is like, Yo, we're go- we're we're not kicking that again. So they bring the offense back out, and the team that we had on the field was victory, which is essentially you're anticipating a hail mary, and you're basically saying you're not going to get in the end zone. Period. That's the wrong move with eight seconds left. Um, and to be completely honest, I-, I don't know this as a fact. I don't know any of this, but before the play, I'm I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, call timeout. Call timeout. Like they're obviously not going to throw this down the field. It looks like they're just going to, you know, dink and you try to get a dink and dunk, right. Get in better uh, field goal position. Uh, But we didn't have a timeout left because we used it on the, on the kick. So, you know, that's how we got there. Um, You know, you're trying to get everybody back on the field. You're trying to figure out what Liberty is going to do. But again, at the core of it, we a shouldn't be in that position the first time, first place and B it's, on the coaches to make sure that we're in the right, we're in the right formation and we're doing the right thing. And we understand down and distance and everything else. It's fourth down. It's not third down. You get to stop the games. The, the game's not over, but you get the football. Um, so extremely, extremely frustrating um, and um, embarrassing. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I think one of my main takeaways from yesterday uh, is guys, our defense is, is not fast. They, they don't swarm to the ball. They don't take the right angles. And most importantly, above all else, they don't wrap up. Teams don't even make us miss. We just miss. that, And that is coaching. You have to coach your players. Defense Fundamentals 101, wrap up. Yesterday, we had multiple opportunities to blow Malik Willis up in the backfield and ran right by him. Sons of sack his ass. If you have all the momentum going towards him, you better put the hit stick on. 
It like, like that point blank. If you were going straight at him, none of this one arm stuff, blow him up, put his rear end in the dirt. Let's go. And I would say, I would say this Mac Miller. I don't know anyone, any Mac Miller fans out there wrote a song called 2009, where he says it ain't 2009 no more. And I would agree with that sentiment because the intensity of those defenses, like those 2009 teams, the Cody Grimms, Jason Worlds, Cam Chancellors, guys like that, y'all, that's gone. I, I, I don't know who needs to hear that, but those days are over. Any team, I don't care if you're Liberty or Clemson, you can march down the field and score on us in under a minute. We've seen it week in and week out, and that is a huge problem and getting the ball at halftime that doesn't mean anything for us if our opponent can score with under a minute right before the half doesn't mean anything it's 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 very very concerning yeah uh i'll weigh in on the defense here um and it's it's frustrating grayson um because i don't think the identity piece like last year we had we had what two three shutouts last year like we've we've done it we've had two shutouts last year and this year it's just like everything is horrible everything is bad and uh it's more frustrating because i thought we took some steps forward in the last few weeks um and i kind of walked through why i thought so uh it may not reflect on the score um but i thought there were you know some bright sides and this week, it completely broke down. We said, hey, Hugh Freeze is an offensive mastermind. Hugh Freeze, uh, Pat, you mentioned, has a week to prepare. Um, and here's where the problems were. Time of possession, you covered it, Pat. Complete disaster, 37 minutes to 22. And then I'm going to read you some of these drives that happened yesterday against the Liberty Flames of Lynchburg, Virginia. 14-play drive, 80 yards, 7 minutes and 25 seconds. Touchdown. 11 plays, 95 yards after a fantastic Oscar Bradburn punt. Six minutes and 31 seconds touchdown. Nine plays, 75 yards, four minutes and five seconds touchdown. That is demoralizing. You cannot allow teams to drive the, the, I mean, those are like, those are like season defining drives and we're giving up season defining drives two or three times a game. When somebody has a 15-play drive that ends in a touchdown and takes seven minutes off the clock, that's like the story of the game. That's like, man, they had this one drive in the third quarter that really put it away. I mean, their teams are doing this consistently multiple times in a football game. Um, and at times, we've, we looked like the physically we, – we looked, we looked mentally weak at times on defense, um, but we also looked physically weak. At the end of the second quarter, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, every time we're making a tackle or every time some Liberty's falling forward, Liberty's falling forward every time we make a tackle. Um, and I, I, I don't get it. I, I, I don't I don't understand it. And another thing, you know, I've said this before from a schematical perspective. Um, and again, it's a new system. I, I want to preface this by saying it is a new system. Um you know, we've had problems on the D-line, um, issues with coaches in, coaches out. But, like, this is something that really concerns me, is this year I went back and I looked at the box scores of every game that we've played this year um, and tried to determine, I was like, where are the tackles coming from? Because the linebackers aren't making the tackles. The defensive line aren't making the tackles. And, and, and it confirmed what I thought. So here's the box score tackling leaders 
for the games this year so far. Keonta Jenkins, Ashby, a linebacker, Matheny, defensive back, Connor, defensive back, Connor, defensive back, Connor, defensive back, Connor, defensive back. So at first you're probably going to say, wow, Shamari Connor is having one hell of a year. I look at this and I say, our leading tackler every game is coming from the third level of our defense. It's not a linebacker. It's not a defensive lineman. It's usually not going to be a defensive lineman, but where's our free hitter? Where is our free hitter? Our linebackers are constantly mugged up, constantly have issues getting to the football, whether it's a speed thing or whether it's a gap integrity thing or guys not getting off of blocks. You can't have your defensive backfield leading, counting on defensive backfield to lead the ta- lead tackles every single game. And I went back and I looked at, did we have this issue in 2019? Was this something that we saw a ton? You know, maybe, maybe, maybe that's just kind of the way that it is. Um, 2019, I went back and I looked at all of our ACC games. Okay, including Notre Dame because they're ACC esque. Um, a DB led the team in tackles five times out of the nine quasi ACC games. I'm really having trouble understanding how we can continue to do what we're doing and have defensive count on our safeties to make tackles every single time. Um, and you look back at defenses of, of Coach Foster's past and Virginia Tech's past back in 2009, back in, you know, 2005. The staple of that is Cornell Brown making tackles everywhere. Matua Puaka making tackles everywhere. Jack Tyler making tackles everywhere, you know, and those free hitters finding ways to get in position and make a play. And, you know, we're not making those, we're not making those plays right now. Um, And uh, some of the times where Shamari Carner yesterday, he had these two plays where he laid huge hits on, uh, on the ball carrier Everyone's talking about the hit. I'm talking about Shamari Connor was the last option to make this tackle on this play. If Shamari Connor doesn't make this tackle, it's a 15, 20 yard gain minimum. Um, so the free hitter thing is, is really, really freaking me out. Um, and I, I, again, I, I don't know how it, fi- I don't know how it gets better. <laughs> I, I have one more thing I'd like to add. I, yeah, I, I have a serious problem with our defensive line getting manhandled by Liberty's offensive line at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. The fact that Liberty's offensive line is, no offense, a bunch of pipsqueaks. They're like six feet tall and 200 pounds. It might as well be me out there blocking Norrell Pollard and Jared Hewitt. I mean, come on. Like, I, I just don't understand how that happens. How can we get no breakthrough, no pressure on the league? Some of the times, too, it seems like it seems like we're almost running over running or, or, or you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't a, I don't disagree with that either. I'm, I'm not a you know, either. I'm not a I, I don't know a ton about a, a ton about defensive schemology, but um, the, the leading tackle thing and the third level deal is really is really concerning to me. Um, and uh, hopefully that does get better. Coach Ham is young. I'm hoping that he's learning just as players learn, coaches learn too. Uh, You know, we're trying some new things, but man, the defense is just something. Grayson, you said it before the podcast. It's something that you didn't worry about as a Virginia Tech fan, right? It's just, it was 10 years ago. It was an afterthought. The defense is going to defense and they showed up. Hopefully our, our offense with millions of targets can find a way to score 16 points and we won't go down that rabbit hole today, but um, it's kind of been a, it's kind of been a flip. Um, But let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and talk about special teams, Pat. I know you have a, uh, the former soccer player in you is always really, uh, really, really turned uh, turned on to the special teams. So why don't you kick us off with special teams? <laughs> All right, time to address the 
how many how many pounds is this gorilla or elephant in the room here it's big it's a big one <laughs> oh man so we played against hugh freeze and hugh freeze knows that don't ice hugh freeze's kicker man because he's already frozen the icing the kicker good one pat alex alex bar beer um let's jump into his stats before we talk about the icing the decision to ice the kicker Alex Barbier's stats before this game, he was 7 of 11 with 2 out of 6. He had made 2 of 6 for more than 30 yards. It's hard to find kicking stats. I've been looking for the last like 25 minutes trying to find his kicking stats. Alex Barbier is not a good kicker. He is not a good kicker. 2 of 6 for more than 30 or 35 or whatever it is. This guy's missed two extra points this year. Um, they talked about it on the Tech Sideline podcast preview, preview saying that, uh, and again, these stats, I don't know where they found them, but I've been looking for them, uh, that Liberty has had some of the fewest amount of touchbacks out of any school in the FBS, which means that their kicker must not have a very strong leg. He's not a Joey Sly. He's not a Brian Johnson. He's not going to make a 59-yarder. Go go, go! look at the archives of college football history and find me, you know, over the last 10 years, how many kickers have made anything 55-plus to, to win the game? Uh, and this is a program like Liberty. But, Billy, tell me about this uh, this icing call. Was all it? Right, can I? Was all it, right, here's, here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. I think Coach Fuente made it pretty obvious that he wasn't trying to ice the kicker. Um, and again, I let me preface this by saying this before everybody gets all freaked out. We got outcoached grossly on Saturday. It is the reason we lost the football game. We were outcoached. I get that. He was not icing the kicker. He said it in his post-game press conference that he called the timeout in order to ensure that the right guys were on the field, and he called the timeout way in advance of the, of the kick happening. You can have your qualms and your disagreements with that. Or if you want to say, maybe we should already have the right people on the field, that's fine. But he wasn't icing the kicker. He said he wasn't icing the kicker. The reason that he took the time out again was to ensure you have the right guys in the field. Think back of when Tanuta's face broke the, uh, blocked the field goal against North Carolina. So I'm not sure what personnel situation there was, but it wasn't an icing the kicker situation. And, you know, Go ahead. Regardless, what's the what's the personnel situation if the right people were out there? I I don't have that. No, I get get it. I don't have I don't have that answer. But what I'm telling you is it wasn't an it wasn't an icing. More as it was at least what he's saying in the press conference. I have no reason to believe that Coach Fuente would lie about why he's calling timeout. Um, But that is. uh, that's just that 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 is what we were that that is what he said. So regardless, um, I don't regardless think it was nice situation. Regardless of whether or not Coach Fu is telling the truth, he shouldn't have done it. I mean, 59 yards. Look at the kids' stats. You gotta know. Oh, that you're not listening. Going. I'm telling you, he he wasn't doing it to ice the kicker. I, I understand that, but like at the same time, regardless, like it doesn't matter who you have on the field at that point. It's a 59-yard field goal. This kid's made two of six for more than 30. You don't need to call that timeout. I don't care if there's one person on the field. You've got to be crazy. And it costs us the football game. Like it's, it, it, it was the wrong thing to do. I'll say it. I will say it. 
Back to his reasoning, my dad did say, why isn't there anyone standing under the goalpost? Um, yeah, that's that's another that's another good point. And that could be a potential reason that he was calling town. And, and I'm not trying to look, this is not me trying to cover up for it. It's more so me just telling you that it wasn't an ice. It wasn't an icing situation. That's that's more so that's more so what I'm getting at here is a lot of people are like, why are you icing someone kicking a 59 yarder? He wasn't icing him. Um, and again, I don't know if, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is Barbier is a subpar kicker. I would have liked to have him trot out there. And if he makes a 59 yarder, you tip your cap and you say, congratulations, young man. You can go on back to uh, go on back to Liberty and, um, you know, sing Kumbaya or whatever goes on over there. And then, you know, you win the football game. Congratulations. But Grayson, to your point, too, that's not why we lost the football game. The reason we lost the football game is because Liberty outplayed us for 59 minutes and however many seconds, and it came down to them kicking a game-winning field goal, okay? And that's what everybody needs to understand here, and that's not an indictment on the players either. We got out coached for 60 minutes on I Saturday. Agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And I, the kicking and the kicking situation, the last three plays of the football game were a microcosm of what happened the entire football game. And we lost to Liberty, and it's, it's unacceptable. It's, 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 it's just what happened. Um, and there's, there's no way around it. Um, so my, uh, my, my other gripe, uh, is that this is no disrespect to the kid, but if Tavion Robinson is sent out, if he is sent out to return another punt this season, Ooh, Grayson's going to be real unhappy. (laughs) Going to be real unhappy. Going to ask a lot of questions (laughs) there. We gifted them put a bow on it a free touchdown and again with the textbook mistake dude i'm not a football player i've never played a down of organized football in my life but i know enough about the sport to know dude plant your heels on the 10 yard line and if that tootsie is coming your way and it goes past you or it looks like it's going to let that tootsie roll because it's going. And I can't, I can't, I can't agree with you more, man. It's, it's, it's going to be a touchback nine times out of 10. Even if it's, even if they down you at the one yard line, that's better than giving them a free touchdown. So it, um, hmm. it, it, it's so frustrating. It's, fr- it, it, it is so frustrating. Tavion Robinson's a good football player for us. Makes big I plays. Agree. Talented kid out of high school. Um, and this has been his Achilles heel this year. And quite frankly, it's been an Achilles heel of Virginia tech for a long time. Uh, Shad Savoy, the punt is off his face mask. It is dropped. I mean, we have to stop with the, with the, with the muffed kicks. Um, that has been a serious Grimsley, Grimsley, Boston Grimsley, College. Grimsley against Boston college off the face mask too. Um, and, um, it's just, well, here's uh, the thing. We, we, recurring issue. We stopped them two times yesterday. Is that correct? Did they punt twice? I believe so. I, can, I believe I that's double, correct. I can double so, check yeah, for you. One of the returns was uh, was his best return of the year. It was the 19-yard Yeah, they return. punted twice. And then the other one is muffed. So we stopped them twice, and, and one of those two times is muffed, and they scored a touchdown. It's crazy to think, though. We stopped, we stopped Liberty twice. We stopped Liberty twice. Aside, they, they did fumble the ball twice, but we forced them to punt twice. Um, not good. Not good. Not so good. So I'm going to add one more section to the what did we dislike, and this is not why we lost the game. So, so, so 
please say, spare me your uh, BSery. The officiating was absolutely abhorrent. The officiating was abhorrent on both sides of the game. First and foremost, the scoop touchdown. Uh, look, I don't understand why we're blowing plays like that dead. The worst case scenario, you don't blow your whistle and then they call it back and then bada bing, bada boom. No one's even going to get blocked on that play. So that's frustrating. But even worse than that, I thought, was the face mask that they called against Liberty where Raheem Blackshear clearly, I, to me it's a no call, but clearly gets his hands in the face mask and the Liberty guy gets a little a little nick of the face mask and they give us 15 yards, which was a blessing. Uh, I was, But I was the officiating all day long was absolutely horrible. And the officiating in the Notre Dame-Clemson game, I know we're not the Notre Dame podcast, but that was horrible. I mean, we reviewed a million plays yesterday in the Notre Dame-Clemson game. Don't let me get down that rabbit hole. But the officiating as a whole in 2020 has been an absolute albatross and has been terrible and has to get better. Albatross, that's probably the first time we've said that on this podcast. But it's been bad. It's been really, really bad. And... Albatross, that could be a word of the day or something like it that. It could right? be the word. It could be the word of the day, and uh, that's where we are at the word of the day. And 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 Pat, we actually have some exciting announcements. We got a video coming out next week. Talk to us a little bit about our new friends, <laughs> our friends at Roots Blacksburg. So I'm driving from Chesapeake to New Jersey last week. And I hit up Karsten and, and cause Karsten, he knows I'm driving. He's like, Hey man, got to come to RVA. Uh, got to stop by if you want to get lunch or something. And I'm just like, dude, uh, long drive. You know, that might be a great idea. It's going to be right around lunchtime. So I say, can we get it? Can we get somewhere off the highway? Maybe like somewhere close so I can just zip in, zip out. And we go, he says, dude, we got roots here. Roots Natural Kitchen. So he picks up my Roots Bowl, gets the El Jefe. He gets like the Parmesan. Uh, I, don't, I forget what it was called. It was so good. We'll put a uh, we'll put a link of it in the uh, the podcast write up. We eat our Roots here, and I say, Carson, you know that Roots has a location in Blacksburg, and you know they're our new partner, right? And he says, Dude, that's why I hit you up about Roots. I used the promo code <laughs> to buy this. Order, he says. I use promo code Sons of Sat. It got us twenty percent off, and I was like, Karsten, that's why you're my man. Roots Natural Kitchen, Blacksburg. Think of it as kind of like a Chipotle or like a Cava, but better. You know, very very healthy ingredients. Uh, they got they got a very large bowl, so it'll fill you up. It's over by Price's Fork uh, in that like McAllister's Chipotle shopping center. They have incredible bowls. They let you create your own. Um, a lot of healthy options as well. Some tofu options, some vegan options. I cannot recommend Roots Blacksburg enough. If you're from out of town, but you live uh, you live in Charlottesville, live in Richmond, they have Roots there. You can use the promo code. We know that because it worked. Shout out, Karsten. Well, Pat, tell them we also have a, if you don't know what Roots is, or you don't know what it's about, we have some contentery coming out here next week. We got some content coming out. Uh, We got a video coming out. We've been doing giveaways. We did a $25 gift card giveaway this past weekend um, for Roots. Yeah, follow us on Instagram. Follow Roots Natural Kitchen at RootsNK as well. Use promo code Sons of Sat. You got to download the app, but use that promo code and we'll give you the word of the day. Grayson, kick us off with the word of the day. Uh, I I think this one's blatantly obvious. Coaching is my word of the day. 
We're going to call a spade a spade here. Coaching lost us the football game yesterday. We were completely outcoached. Bill said it. Pat said it. I'm going to say it again. By a inferior team. I mean, we're, we're better than they are. And I'm a firm believer in that. Getting your defense to wrap up starts with the coaching staff. Having your offense ready to adjust without two starters begins with the coaching staff. Play calling that correlates to positive execution is on the coaching staff. And calling a timeout to ice a 59-yard field goal attempt, or maybe not ice, you know, because Coach Fu said that that was not his intention. But regardless, it's on the coaching staff. And with that said, who knows? Maybe we need some changes on the coaching staff. Word of the day. Yeah. Um, I think there are a lot of people on here. Oh, loud car. I think there are a lot of people listening and a lot of people tweeting and a lot of people um, wanting me or you guys or, and this isn't at you, Grayson. This is more so to the listeners. uh, Wanting us all to do the fire everybody thing. And I saw a lot of the fire everybody stuff. And, I, and, I, and I'll just speak for myself here. Whether it's Virginia Tech women's tennis, if they go on a 70-game losing streak, if it is um, Virginia Tech bowling, I don't even know if we have a bowling team. If they lose 70 games in a row, throwing gutter balls left and right, I will never, ever call for uh, another grown man or woman to lose their job. I, I will not do that. Um, transparently, I, I, I love, I love coach Fuente. I love the staff. I love the strength, strength and conditioning staff. I believe in them. Um, you know, but I, I will, I will go as far to say as this is embarrassing. This is an embarrassing loss. It's not the first one that we've had in quite some time. Um, you know, you saw the coach Fuente, owned it, said that it was his fault. Diablo came out, said that has a lot of respect for coach Fuente for owning it. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, this is an embarrassing loss. Um, and you know, you're giving another team, a a lifetime achievement trophy, um, award, uh, we do that a lot for defeating Virginia tech at home. Um, coming in ranked opponent. And and again, I don't want to take anything away from Liberty, they have a good coach. They have a great quarterback. They won the football game. They deserve a lot of credit. But Virginia Tech doesn't need to be losing these types of games. Um, Ever. And we're gonna have and we're gonna have some soul searching to do. And you know, we'll talk a little bit about where do we go from here after we get uh, Pat's Pat's word of the day. But you know, I'm. Uh, yeah, it's embarrassing. It sucks. My word of the day today is going to be compass, because. Where do we go from here? You know, do we need, do we, is there a playbook? Is there a map other than let's, you know, lace them up and beat Miami next week? Where do we go from here? Um, And I want to tie that into this next, this next kind of segment. Um, We lost. Well, let's do this then. Then let me, then we have to set, then we have to set the base. We have to set the floor. We have to set the table for this. Okay. I'm going to use your word, Pat. Um, I just want y'all's opinion because y'all y'all have watched Virginia Tech football a lot longer than me. For me, I'll start with this season. Losing to Liberty is the most embarrassing moment of this football season. With that said, 
I truthfully believe that Liberty is better than Wake Forest. I do believe that by a pretty substantial margin. Um, but there is no way we should have lost either of those teams. And with that said, you know, OxVT put out a tweet yesterday um, summarizing a lot of the some of the losses of recent memory. You think of losing to ECU. Shane Carden throws the ball over all over the yard. You think of JMU. You think of Duke last year. You think of Old Dominion in 2018. And I'm curious to hear from you guys. Where are you right now in terms of day after feel? Where does this rank on that list of five or four games? And, and Grayson, we can we we can start with you. Yeah, man. Um, I'm going to be completely honest. I always try to be on this podcast. Uh, and Pat, I think you can relate to me on the on this front, man, because you and I have been watching watching Virginia Tech football since you and I were in diapers, man. We've we've seen it all, truly. Um, but I, you know, I think about yesterday. I, I think about yesterday's game, and I think about where. I think about where we were 10 years ago uh, in like 2010. Tyrod Taylor's our quarterback. We're competing for an ACC championship. We win that ACC championship against the Florida State Seminoles. And it was just, the, the culture was different. We, we talk about grit on this podcast. We were a gritty football program. You step to the Hokies, we're going to beat your ass. We might not always win, but you are going to take a beating. That is a guarantee and it makes me sad because I don't feel that way about the last five years I don't feel that way about the last seven years to be completely honest I I I don't and you know going forward we cannot like Bill you just said we cannot I don't care lose to Liberty. We cannot lose to Wake Forest. We cannot lose to ODU. We can't lose those games like Duke. You know, it's that logo carries a lot of weight, man. We used to be a gridiron powerhouse. College game day used to love coming to Blacksburg. Last season, they were laughing at us. It's, it's very, very sad. And I, this is where I'm at. Listen, man, I, I wanted this coaching staff to be it. I really did. I've given them chance after chance. And after the UVA game last year, I came on here and I said, they don't win 10 games next season. I don't know, bro. I think I'm out. I don't know if I'm there yet, but some kind of change has to happen. Let me, let me, let me say something about a point that you just made. And, and Pat, I, 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 I'm interested to see what you have to say. What frustrates me more than anything is you see the team play the way that they played against Miami last year, right? You see the way that the team bounces back when they need to last week against Louisville. Um, and you see how they're capable of playing. You see how they play when you know the chips are down and, and, you, and you need to find a way to, to win a football game. Uh, we saw it against Pittsburgh last year. I, the most frustrating thing about these, about this, this last like sequence has been just coming out flat against teams that we have no business losing to, um, you know, and some of these games where they're big time rivalry games against big teams where, you know, you, you want to get out there and you want to win last year against Miami last year against Pittsburgh, uh, you come out and you show up. We're in react where as yesterday we're playing Liberty at home an in-state rival they're ranked kind of goofily ranked the worst two touchdown favorites. And we just look disinterested. We look 
unengaged, uninspired, flat. And who's that um, on? And who's that on? And that's the most that's the most frustrating. That's the most frustrating thing I think about uh our two losses this year, two of our losses this year, and some of the losses that we've had in the past. Uh Pat, I'll go ahead and, and kick it to you, buddy. Uh yeah, so for me, the way I look at it is that I've always been the optimist. I've always been the positive guy. I've always kind of, I I think those last four years of Frank conditioned me for the next four plus last four years of Frank were kind of just abysmal. And I didn't, I kind of got used to that and didn't necessarily set my expectations high enough for those next four. And now I'm just like, Grayson just said it. I mean, you know, it's like you keep giving the second chances. You keep giving the second chances. First of all, you, the ODU game was the first massive head scratcher in the tenure. And everyone remembers where they were for that game. The 2018 season was a debacle. Our first lo- losing season uh, in our lifetimes. In our lifetime, yeah. And then 2019, the Duke game, biggest home loss in like 40 years. 35-point loss to Duke. Virginia Tech does not lose to Duke. Duke doesn't play football. Virginia Tech plays football, uh, to quote my buddy Connor Baker. And following that Duke game, we all saw it. Game day crew in their private jet going to wherever they were going. They're saying, what's going on at Virginia Tech? And then we turn the corner, and then we prove everyone wrong, and everyone's excited again. And last year was so much fun. But I'm tired of that. I don't want to have to have a WTF just happen game year after year after year, especially when when I'm told, you know, 2020 is going to be the year, 2019 is the year, and it's just like rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat. And I don't know. I'm, I'm just like, I've, I've never felt this way about this staff, and now it's just it's just a complete indifferent and i never know what to expect on saturday we're going to play down to the level of our opponent and then off the off the board we're not going to recruit well and all the COVID stuff and the finances it's just like where do we go from here someone give us a compass someone give us a playbook and you hit on it and you hit on the last part and i feel help i feel helpless to tie to tie that together there is no again we shouldn't lose to duke we shouldn't lose to Liberty. We shouldn't lose to ODU. We shouldn't lose to these teams. Um, and then if you look at the national scale, regardless of who the coach is, right? Regardless of who the coach is. And Pat, you and I have you know beat the drum on this a lot. And and Grayson, you've 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 weighed in on, that, on this as well. We don't have the support from a donor standpoint that we need to compete with the Clemsons, the Notre Dames and the Alabamas of the world. And, and what's so funny is, you know, you're watching, at least for me, I'm watching the Notre Dame Clemson game. And I'm like, that's, that's where I want to be. And maybe that's, and maybe that's irrational, but we were there once we were Virginia tech was there once uh, where you're playing football games that matter that much on that stage with that much talent at that high of a level. Um, and that's where we all want to be. Um, and to be, you know, completely truthful with y'all. Yeah. I mean, there's, 
there's a lot in the air. Uh, and Grayson, you tweeted it the other day, like, truthfully, we didn't lead with this. Where do we go from here? We need to beat Miami. And I expect us to beat Miami, which is kind of funny. Like, I really, like, we always bounce back and figure it out. That has to stop. You're not going to reach the paramount that you want to reach if, if, if it takes, you know, a, a moment like that to do it. Um, I, I, I'll say I, 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 love, I love Coach Fu. I love the guys that play on this team. I know, I know most of them. Uh, I have a lot of love for them. And personally, I do believe in Coach Fuente. Um, but we're not where we need to be. Um, and there's a lot of things that need to, to get fixed. Um, I would say, I would say this, Bill, I hate to cut you off, but the one thing that I think about, man, is teams like Clemson and Notre Dame, while they have the, the Ipte and the, and the donations and all that championship teams and power perennial powerhouses like that, they all have one thing in common. They're consistent they don't lose games like this. And yeah. we used to not lose games like this, but we do now. And it happens too often. We've had not one this season, but two, Wake Forest and Liberty. That's not okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not okay. And it's not what we signed up for. At yeah. point, point, like point blank and simple, it's not what we signed up for. Yeah. Uh, and and people and to the to the people on Twitter who are pissed off right now, I see you, bro. I see you, sister. I feel you. <laughs> I'm a lifelong hokey. I don't have yeah. any I don't have any other ties. I'm I'm not an NFL guy. I'm not really an NBA guy. I went to Virginia Tech. When they, Tech loses, Grayson's in a bad mood. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> it, 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 if Tech loses, man, it, it would. It, it's astounding how much that affects my mood. Oh, I have man. no other allegiance than the Virginia Tech Hokies. So this, like, th- this is very important to me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and the last thing I'll say is Don V. Our boy Don V. tweeted yesterday something that I, I relate to on on a very. I feel this. I want you to hear this, Don V. You tweeted, teams used to come into Blacksburg, teams like Liberty and JMU, teams of that nature, ODU, just to get a check, just to get paid. No hope. There was no hope for any team like that. And now those kinds of teams roll into our house, and we're wearing all maroon, and they got no fear. It's like, all right, let's get to step in Virginia Tech. Let's rock because we can compete with you. So – that breaks my heart, point blank. It should not be like that. It's not okay. Pat, closing thoughts? Closing thought on this, and this is kind of just something that I've been seeing all over social media. And you know, we know social media is a toxic environment. It's an emotional environment after a Virginia Tech loss. But a lot of people are saying that they, you know, they're unified right now because of their attitudes towards the staff. Um. The Fire Fuente thing, like if you're going to hashtag Fire Fuente, put it in your uh, like your Twitter name. This is not the NFL. You can't just you can't just fire coaches and fire entire staffs and then, you know, expect by the end of the season, you're going to have a new staff in place or there's an interim coach and you have a new guy by the next go round. Um, we have we have a huge buyout clause on Coach Fu's contract. And it's, it's 12 million, $12 million. And there's also this thing called COVID-19 
which has given our athletic department a significant, significant shortfall in revenue. Um, but, but, but people are like, no, we should just fire him. We should get a new staff. We should hire Shane Beamer. The Shane Beamer thing, man. Don't is, get me started, dude. Oh my is, God. It is, it is driving me up a wall. I know some people kind of say it tongue in cheek as a joke, but there are also some folks out there who are legitimately driving this as a serious point of that Virginia Tech should hire Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer. This is, is not a mom and pop shop, folks. It's not. Shane Beamer is a lifelong assistant with a fantastic last name. Um, if you want to, if you want to tell me what Shane Beamer has done at his stops, I know he's worked under some incredible college football minds. But until Shane Beamer actually has has the title of offensive or defensive coordinator, or does something beyond just being an associate head coach, Shane Beamer is not the answer. And and just because thinking that you know he 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 knows the alumni and he'll get people engaged and oh he's a beamer it'll work out is extremely short-sighted and narrow-minded thinking um it's ignorant but yeah the whole the, the whole the whole fire fuente thing coach foo's our guy he's not going anywhere unless there is a significant amount of very wealthy virginia tech alumni gathering in in conference rooms across the country socially talking, distanced socially, socially distanced <laughs> talking about how the buyout is going to happen. Coach Fu's going to be our guy for the next few years. And you know what? Everybody should be rooting for him to do well. Like that's, and that's the other thing. It's all, it's, it's, it's almost like it's, it's insane to watch. And I've said it five times and I'll say it again. That's my guy. I, I want him to do well. And I think, and, and, and there are obvious, you know, huge things that need to get fixed, but it's almost like people are waiting or, 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 or hoping that we fail at a rate it's 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 insane to watch it, it, it's 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 troubling to watch it's disappointing um you know again you got it, it's 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 crazy that you have to have players again they did it yesterday tweeting back at fans that are just stop tweeting at coaches shout, honestly i've never done this shout out to ricky LeBlue for saying it stop tweeting at coaches stop tweeting at players stop tweeting at people stop adding stop it's not your place it's not professional it's it's disgusting i i will say I, I am definitely anti-tweeting at players. I've always been anti-tweeting at recruit, re, recruits. If coaches are getting paid uh, millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars, um, you can't tell fans not to tweet at them. Um, I don't. I don't tweet at coaches. I don't suggest it. But I also think like they are paid a lot of money to do a thing called winning. Um, but yeah, that, that's just kind of our two cents there. Uh, take a finance class. Understand that there's a massive buyout. There's also a pandemic. Uh, tons of people are unemployed across the country. You can't just fire a coach because he's been having a bad year. Uh, yeah. And if if he were to be fired, guess what, who's, Jack? He ain't getting who's fired. Next? Guess he ain't getting fired tomorrow. I can tell you that. And listen, listen, I, I said it. I'm not happy with the state of things right now. I'm not happy with the staff. I said it. Pull, do you don't have to? You will never ever have to pull my receipts there. I I don't care. But tomorrow, like okay, I don't. I can't tell you who our next coach would be. So if someone if someone out there can, right now I I don't have the answer. Well, just to put a receipt on it, I'll I'll put my receipt on it. I want to go beat Miami. I don't want to fire Coach Fuente. I want to win and beat Miami. And uh, hey, just 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 for fun skis, because 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 this is for fun. Um, 
I was looking at I was looking at the ACC standings yesterday, and and don't say it. Clemson Clemson did lose to Notre Dame yesterday. They did. That did happen. North Carolina does have a tie with how many losses that we have. So if North Carolina drops another football game and we go undefeated, Virginia Tech is playing in the ACC championship game. Just for fun. Just for fun. So that could happen. It's in the realm of possibility. Shout out to Notre Dame. Uh, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But you sound, in like, also, uh, it, <laughs> you sound like Truett the optimistic hokey. <laughs> Bill, the optimistic hokey, in all seriousness, though. God bless you, Bill. I want nothing more than to beat Miami on Saturday. Like, I would be happy as a clam if we beat. I don't. That's a stupid saying because I don't know if clams are happy. I don't even know if they have the uh, the ability or the frontal Dude, load. Clams, <laughs> do they feel? Like do clams feel? Do they have? Do they have the capability of feeling? I don't believe so. They're like um, smiling, right? I think. I think. I think that's where it's derived from. Is because clams look like they're smiling. Is that right, G? I think that's right. I mean, yeah. You can't see their crow's feet. This is it. They don't have eyes. That is so true. You can't see their touche. crow's feet. But look to put a, to put a bow on it. Sons of sadness, sons of sons of not very happy right now. Beat Miami. Yeah. Um, to put a bow on it, we're not happy, but we are always going to support the guy who is the head man. Mm-hmm. We're always going to support our team, and we're always going to hope that we win the game. And if you're going to come yeah. at us and say that we're spinning it, we're not spinning it. We're just fans, and we like to highlight positivity. And here we are. Hoping. And we're going to support the players, too. We're going to support the players, too. Cause like that, like I, 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 that's another thing. Like, I don't you just have a brain freeze. Are you okay? I'm, I'm fine. Right? I just the okay. the the whole spin hive. Like, what are we spinning? Wait, Dude. we're 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 clearly not well right now. All of and us. If you are, don't like it, just don't listen, man. All of us like, are you don't furious. have to listen, bro. If if you think it's annoying, then take your Apple wired head headphones off and you know just just hang it up. Like, just don't. You don't have to listen. Nobody's telling you to. Uh, Pat, I saw I, I saw some string beanie looking dude come at you, get upset with your I don't know what he was saying. He was upset with like the the word choices that you use. Look, man, like you don't have to listen, dog. Like you don't. You can start your own podcast. You can go and and and, and listen to you know Daughtry hits from two thousand nine if that's what you want to listen to instead. You don't have to. You don't have to plug in. You don't have to do it. And last thing that I'll say on the entire note, everybody thinks it's like cute and funny and cool to tweet peanut gallery at me whenever something bad happens. Again, the peanut gallery doesn't mean anyone who thinks negatively. It's people that are saying things that either don't know what they're talking about or are backed up by zero facts. So if we lose a football game and you're upset, that doesn't mean you're in the peanut gallery. It just means you're upset, which I am too. So, so we're all in the peanut gallery. All, I oh, guess so. By yours, by y'all's stupid twisted definition, <laughs> we are all in the peanut gallery, which is hilarious because I saw an Oscar Meyer or something peanut thing driving around yesterday. That's aren't, um, don't they make hot dogs? But I digress. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I digress. Sons of letters from the lunch pail. Yeah, sons of peanuts. We are moving into letters from the lunch pail. The letters from the lunch pail are brought to you by the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry, and I would be remiss. 
if I did this ad read because Pat Pat is geeking out right now. He he is breaking my computer screen with the platinum, just white 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 that is popping through my web uh, my computer screen right now. Pat, talk to us about your trip to Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. And this is not like an artificial white. I got I got a couple of teeth that were chipped. I got them mm. unchipped. Um, John <laughs> Cran, Doctor John Cran, Doctor Caitlin Cran, a. A plus 10 out of 10 VIP experience at the CC for CD down at the Chesapeake uh, in the 7.5. Incredible place, incredible people, great staff, facilities, top notch. Like those are some, those are some top notch facilities. If I was a dentist recruit, I would want to go spend my next few years at the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry and work there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, head on down there. You know what? You don't even have to be from Chesapeake. I'm from New nope. Jersey and I went all the way down there to get my teeth fixed. What's you know your why? excuse? Because they do such a good job. What is your excuse? Yeah. If you're from Richmond, Northern Virginia, you know, they got some nice beaches down by Chesapeake. Go check it out. Take a nice weekend trip. You get teeth mm-hmm. once. You get teeth once. It's like, it's like, you know, why would you want to cut corners? We have a great review for you here. Pat trusted his trompers with, uh, with, with Dr. Cranham and, and they came out fantastic. He's geeking out right now and I, and I can see it. It looks fantastic. Um, Karsten. Karsten. First question. First question here. Does this loss leave, does this loss leave a worse feeling than ODU? Not even close. To me. Still not even close, Grayson. It's up there. It's very similar. Dude, very... I wanted to throw up. I wanted to throw up when we lost to ODU. Yeah, I literally, I literally wanted to vomit. Uh, to like, be fair, I was, sitting, I was sitting next to my father, and you know, you guys know how my father feels about the SEC, and he literally just turns to me and he goes, "Can we put on CBS now?" <laughs> <laughs> so, um, man, the ODU game was that was awful level for me. Yeah, I was. I was saying to everyone at the after we lost to Carolina and after we lost or I don't know if we lost to Wake we had lost to Wake I said the first loss is always the worst the second loss isn't as bad the third loss isn't as nearly as bad um, and that at some point you just get numb uh, but when it's Liberty it's a lot worse it's so a lot worse I feel I feel the same way I did after Duke last year and wow yeah wow it's bad it's bad, it's bad. wow it's bad but. Got a lot of got a lot of opportunities for some mop up duty these next few weeks. Joe Rogers, who has <laughs> Joe Rogers, who has not pulled any punches over the last Dude, forty-eight hours on he social. has pulled zero punches in the last forty-eight hours. Yeah. Joe, do they have virtual uh, video game chill pills? Uh, <laughs> chill pills. Who do you think could come in and fix this program? Look, Joe's my guy. I like Joe Rogers, <laughs> and I like I like the man that's behind Joe Rogers. Wrestling season's around the corner. SERTC? That'll be, that's exciting. Who do you think could come in and fix this program? I addressed this earlier. Foo's my guy. I love him. I'm not going to call for anyone's head. I'd love to hear. I'm not, I'm not going to agree with other people, but I'd love to hear who you guys would like. Pat, you made the great point from financial perspective, from a COVID perspective, from a it's not Coach Beamer perspective. And I like, look, I don't want this to get misconstrued. I like Coach Beamer. Coach Beamer is a great dude. But we're a power five school in the ACC. This is not Kansas State where you bring in the coach's son and you're just like, hey, come on over here. You know, let's try to go. Let's try to go 500. Maybe, you know, maybe like win two games. No, this is. 
we we all have talked about where this program needs to be. And, you know, I don't think that is a step in the direction to get it there. Um, so I'll leave that to you. I'll leave that to other folks. Um, well, to, to, I would to say, co- hey, give me head coach Michael Vick. I'd love that. Oh my God. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wrong answer. Wrong answers only. Uh, yeah. Wrong. Answer. <laughs> that's that, that's that's a touch on the Shane Beamer hive over here. Sure. It's like yeah, yeah. Like it's like when oh we need Brandon Flowers to come coach. It's like Dude, don't get me started. That's he has gallery material. He is you know post NFL. He's doing all right. He didn't. He doesn't need to come coach for us. Yeah. JK man. Also, would you take the opening kick? This is a good question. I'm actually interested to hear what you guys have to say about this. Would you guys take the opening kick? We keep deferring, try to break our slow first quarter and not start down seven points each time score first, maybe moral slash momentum boost that carries to the defense. What do you guys think about our decision to defer the kick in the first half? Pat kick us off. <laughs> yeah. This actually was driving me crazy because I, I come on every episode and I'm like, all right, keys to the game. We got to score early. We got to get on the board. We can't sleepwalk. We got to take care of the little things. Um, and I'm like, well, we deferred in the Carolina game. We saw them go up 21-0 early. We deferred in Liberty. And we also deferred in Wake Forest. But Damian Salas Johnny on the spot with the stats, Wake won the toss and actually deferred. We have won the toss in the Duke, UNC, Boston College, Louisville, and Liberty games, and we deferred every single time. The two games we didn't win the toss, NC State and Wake, we elected to receive, which is interesting. Um, Here's our look at our coin toss results and opening drives the first half. We can put this in the the podcast right up. I don't understand. Look at this. Wow. Wow. I don't understand why we are deferring every single week. It's 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 what Beamer used to do, uh, but Beamer had a defense that can go out and and punch him in the mouth. You know, some yeah, you're right. <laughs> some of these games with Coach Beamer, um, the offense would come on the field. And we'd already have points because there'd be a defensive touchdown. You're not seeing any of that uh, with with this defense, and I don't know what the message is there. Because, you know, we're essentially starting every single game off down a few points, or at least, you know, in, in our losses here. Um, I would love to get the ball first. And we even saw yesterday, we get the ball at halftime after scoring right before half. So you think momentum is all on our side and we're going to take the ball down and go and uh, take the lead. Or we had, we had a one point lead at half. Is that right? 20 to 14. And we don't come out of the gates hot out of the locker room and score points. And that's the whole purpose of getting the ball at half is you exactly. start the second half with some points and with some momentum. And we couldn't even do that. So I'm yeah, this has been driving me crazy as far as why don't we just take the ball? We have such a prolific offense. If we want the ball in our hands, uh, have a better time of possession than the other team, we're probably going to win the game. And if you don't have the ball in your hands, you can't do that. I say next week, if we win the toss, I, I give me the ball first. Uh, especially if we're at home, the last thing that I want to do is play from behind against Miami's high-powered office. Derek King, oh, man, that could be a problem. So the sooner we score, the better. I, I want us out first if we can get it. Bill? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, I mean, I, I, I won't say I agree or disagree, honestly. Um, 
I like how aggressive we've been at the end of halves. We put ourselves in a position to score twice again. I think it's more of a vendetta against the fact that um, the fact that we didn't get anything going in the second half. Um, but yeah, I, I, I haven't, I, I don't really have an opinion on this. I, I think really, you know, if you just look at what the real issue is, the real issue is the defense is not good and the defense is going to have to be on the field either coming out of halftime or starting the football game. So, um, you know, that that's kind of the issue to me. Uh, Austin Gable, who gets a huge shout out. Congratulations to Austin and Callie again. Hope you guys are fantastic. How does tech reverse the mediocrity trajectory that tech has been on for the last couple of years? Somehow, as long as we make a bowl game or beat UVA, the season is seen as a success in some light. Grayson. So it's like we talked about earlier and, and Pat alluded to this. I mean, we have, we have been conditioned to think that beating UVA and making a bowl is okay. It's like, nah, bro, we used to play in B, we used to play in the orange bowl. We used to play in the sugar bowl. We used to have 10 wins all the time. So I think you're the answer to this question, Austin, is it's, starts with the coaching staff. The coaching staff ultimately sets the program culture and mentality. And we've had a lot of new hires this offseason, specifically on the defensive staff. So in my humble opinion, any first-year coach gets a pass in my mind automatically. Part two of that is recruiting. We've been – I'm going to say we, we've been struggling on the recruiting trail. That's to put it delicately for quite some time. That That's prior to the few years. I just want to say that too. Even in Beamer's denouement, I mean, just we were having his denouement, the end of his career, uh, right before his. Yeah, there's there's a word for that. There's a word. There's a word for that. End of career. Yep, denouement. So it's easy to get players to want to come to your school when you can easily beat opponents like Liberty and Wake Forest and compete against the Blue Bloods like Bama and Clemson and Notre Dame whoever else right now we're not doing any of those things so it's the coaching staff's job to to sell the program and here's to hoping that the new additions of this on our defensive staff guys like tier link tap and coach hamilton can sell the dream somehow but we we have to start winning these cupcake football games it starts there yeah um yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, Wayne Marshall, why are we not using Quincy Patterson somewhere on the football field? Um, go ahead, Grayson. <laughs> well, you almost jumped out. Of, you almost jumped out of your underpants there. Well, no. Well, I, I think the answer to this question is pretty simple. First off, QP, love you, dude. Uh, I right now we just don't need to use Quincy Patterson. Hendon Hooker's the guy. Where are you putting uh, him? Yeah, it's like, where, where are you putting him? I, I get maybe every once in a while you bring him in for uh, like a QB draw package, something like or that. Or like an H-back. H-back. I'm sorry, James Mitchell's a pretty good tight end last time I checked. Uh, Nick Gallo is, you know, developing and, and, and has gotten better each week. Um, I just, I, I don't know where you put him other than yeah. it. It's again, it bro, it's this whole like mindset of like, like it's frustrating we're losing, right? It's frustrating we're losing. You can't do everything you want to do on offense. Like you can't get everybody the ball all the time. I like everybody, like every day, every game, some we're going to look at the box score and be like, why didn't we do this? Why didn't this person touch the ball? Why did this person only get this many targets? Why this, why that, why this? As long as we're scoring 35 points, we're doing the right thing on offense. Okay. Plain and simple. 
That's how it works. Why we're not using Quincy Patterson? I don't know. I don't know where you'd put him. Wayne, I'd love to know. I, I mean this. I, where would you put him? That's that's my question to you, Wayne. That's my letter to Wayne. Um, Barnes. Yeah, go ahead. Jumps in to the letters from the lunch pail, says, how do we best support our team going forward? Honestly, um, I would say just, just root for us to beat Miami. Support the players on social media. Uh, cheer loudly from your couches and sofas and patios. And uh, continue to, <laughs> I don't know, continue to donate. Like, it's it, it's like the whole donation thing is now like, well, are people going to pull their donations? Are people going to try to donate to funding for new it's staff? Tough conversation. It's, like, it's a super tough conversation. Uh, but the best we can do right now is just pull ourselves up from this terrible situation that we're in and, throw on our jerseys on Saturday and just hope for the best. I mean, there's not, there's not much we can do at this point, unless you, you know, you you have a a serious paycheck and can, can do things. I don't know. I mean, keep showing up every every week. Yeah. Keep tuning in. Keep, keep listening to the sons of Saturday. Um, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) next question, next question here is from DS Hokey 88. And this is a great question or it's a great point to be brought up was changing defensive strategies when there was no spring and players have been out for COVID too much for players. Defense is struggling to be consistent. I think that is Grayson. You mentioned it. You know, these are first year coaches on defense there's not really an excuse for the prevent stuff. Um, But again, like a lot of the defensive struggles, if you just take a second, okay, just take a second, take a breath. (sighs) Okay. The fact of the matter is we have a bunch of guys that came in that have never played at Virginia tech that are having to contribute in large parts, justice Reed, Amari Barno. You have the new uh, cornerbacks, the safeties, you have new coaches, they're all implementing their own new schemes. They've had no time to put them in. And I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just telling you that this is one of the, you know, a piece of the pie to why our defense is struggling. Uh, you know, I, I'm capable and will call out issues that we're seeing on defense throughout the year. But the fact of the matter is there was no spring ball. The fact of the matter is we've had guys from position groups that have been missing right up until the season starts. Uh, Taiwan Garbutt is contributing and he's been practicing for like three weeks. So, you know, that's definitely something to keep in the back of your mind is the offense is performing really well, which is great because we have a lot of, you know, veteran returning guys, guys that get it. Brock Hoffman didn't play last year, but he was around. He was getting to learn the playbook. He was able to, you know, get to understand everything he was practicing. Christian Derrissaw has been in the program forever. Nestor, uh, all these guys, Trey Turner, James Mitchell. Uh, and that's why the offense is striving, thriving right now. Whereas with the defense, you really haven't had a chance to implement it or really know how to evaluate these coaches and these players on defense. So, and in the in the same light, I think the flip side of that is, yes, they're first year coaches, but I mean Daryl Tapp and and Coach Ham both played in the NFL. Both were phenomenal football players for not only Virginia tech, but in their professional careers and coach Tierlink has you coached in the, Oh, NFL this isn't, this is not a, this is not an indictment on their ability. Oh, to coach. No, 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 no. It could, it could, it could, it could be, I'm saying from a kid perspective, Oh yeah. You know, you, from a kid perspective, you're running the Bud Foster defense forever, and then it gets completely flipped on its head. I'm saying in, in week five or whatever week it is right now, you know, they, they can coach these, these guys to wrap up. A little bit better. I, oh, that's I, why, I, well, <laughs> sure, but it's not. But it's not week five for a lot of these kids, Grayson, and a lot of the a lot of people don't get that. It's not week five for Divine Diablo. It's like week two. 
He's missed multiple weeks. It's not week five for Amani Chapman. It's week one for Amani Chapman, you know? Uh, and people have to realize that when guys are coming in and out of lineups. And, and I know that other schools are struggling with that same issue. Other schools are, are still dealing with that stuff. Um, but that's something that you have that, that people need to realize is, you know, when week five is not your typical week five, week right. five does not include spring, summer, everything else. Yeah. Well, um, I'll put it this way. You know, I agree with all of that. Mm-hmm. Liberty, Liberty was wrapping up yesterday. We fair, fair point. We fair point. Fair point. So that just about wraps it up this week. Um, let's move right along to Sharky's shout outs and closing thoughts. Um, man, there is not a lot to shout out right now. Um, <laughs> shout out to Blacksburg. I'll be there next weekend. That'll be exciting. Um, shout out to our scribe of Saturday and student ambassador, Dan Pan, turned 21 this week. Hey, yo. Um, yeah, that's, that's. Do you have any closing it. thoughts? Not really. Beat Miami. I don't, I don't know. Beat Miami and win every game so we can win the ACC championship. Dude, <laughs> so get we on the get, plane before so, you're flown over. Yeah, get on the plane before you're flown over. Uh, closing thoughts. Yesterday sucked. Um, I think we all realized <laughs> that and, and acknowledge that. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough, but – you know, this stuff doesn't happen overnight. So on to Miami. Here's to hoping we catch a, a, a dub. I, you know, huge rivalry there. Tech fans, we hate Miami. So bring it to the bring it to the Berg, Canes. Um, I'm I'm excited for that matchup. Also, uh, excited about this new merch that we're about to that we're about to drop here pretty soon over there at the MSP. It's dropping this week. It's dropping, dropping this week. week. It's it, we've been talking about it for months. It's dropping this week. It's it's dropping this week. Uh, my little brother is actually picking up the shirts tomorrow, which I'm super shout out Hampton. About. Shout out Hampton. We appreciate you, man. Uh, but that's that's really it for me. And then you know, shout out to you guys as always. Um. So two quick shout outs, and then I have a closing thought. Um. Shout out to Relay for Life. We are growing our facial hair. Great. Let me see. Let me see over the mic. How are you looking over there? I don't think yeah. you are, Grayson. Did you shave? I actually did not shave. He's got I don't know. I don't know. I swear. I swear. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll do better lighting. When when my beard first comes in, it comes in so patchy. I just have a patchy beard. All right, man. I wasn't trying to come at your patchiness. I was just saying yeah, it looked like you did shave. I'm like yeah. mad. Damn. I, don't have to make me feel bad, bro. Bill's so got the stash. Uh, we are going to send in some pictures this week, um, on our progress. It is eight, we're eight days into November and we're shouting out BT relay for life. Uh, we're going to do a challenge here at the midway point of the month. So stay tuned for that. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, uh, shout out to local light, local light, download the sun, uh, download local light, use promo code sons of sat support Blacksburg. There's an $80 million revenue shortfall in the new river Valley. And all of your favorite restaurants are being threatened, honestly. And this is not a joke. This is not like a, a dramatic thing. We've seen it's real life. We've real. seen some of our favorite businesses close over the past few months here. Uh, so download Local Light. You can buy yourself a gift card for the future you when you go back to Blacksburg when things are open and life is normal. And then I just got to say, uh, I I went back to the golf course today. After a, uh, is this is this another is this another ego stroke from you, Pat Finn? Dude, this is what we call it the opposite. 
<laughs> rolled in, rolled in high. Said, "Yo, I'm the man. I shot an 87 yesterday, Mr. Birdie." Tweet, tweet. And then I go out there and I completely get humbled. You know what? Oh. What the analogy here is? 2014, we go up to the shoe. We knock the pants off of Ohio State in their house. LeBron James is there watching. Uh, big crowd. And then the next, the next week, we we get pantsed by East Carolina and Shane Carden. And that was me today. I shot a 102. I had no pars. Pretty good off the tee. But uh, just all right. Just kind of, yeah, did not have a very good day. And it's um, Masters week. So come on, Pat. Oh, it is Masters week. That's it's right. Masters week. So that's exciting. But yeah, just a closing thought. Um, there's nothing I can do to change this. The only thing I can control about Virginia Tech football right now is my attitude. I feel weird about it all right now. I feel like we've seen this movie way too many times, just losing games we shouldn't, not hitting expectations, and just ultimately being a joke in the world of college football. And I say that seriously. Um, But what we can do here is just support our boys, support our staff, and keep going. And I hope we beat Miami this weekend. And that's pretty much it. Fellas, Last couple, uh, last couple things. Game preview is coming. We also had a great interview with the head coach of women's lacrosse, the Sung of Saturday. Coach Sung had a one-hour sit-down with him last week. Yes. We'll be posting that um, later on this week. But fellas, guys, it's gonna be okay. Zoom out on your life. You know, I'm sure you guys got something exciting. I, you know, for me, I went to the, I went to Target today. I bought uh, some seasonal flavored room smell dispensers. Uh, I got cranberry wreath for the bathroom and I got pine cone for the bedroom. Um, but you know, if, if, if in your life you're looking forward to taco Tuesday or on Wednesday, you go frolicking in the backyard flowers or you pick weeds on Monday. I know Mr. Finn likes to go pick weeds with his earphones on, you know, whatever you're going to do, get back in your daily routine. It's a football game. Going to be okay. We're gonna be or, okay. you, or, or you could be like old G Wim over here. Go get yourself a six pack and a bag of chips. You'll be all right. Or, or get a six pack and a bag of chips. What kind of chips are we eating, Grayson? Or I know it's Bud bags. Light and what? Kettle cooked chips, the Kroger brand. Because you know we <laughs> you do not have Kroger over there. I will or, Ralph's. Okay, fine. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. Hopefully, a uh, happy pod come next Sunday. Take Beat care, Miami. Everyone. Beat Miami. <laughs>